0: and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash slash film
1: hello everyone and welcome to the slash film daily for a special christmas episode of this podcast on this podcast we're going to take a look at our favorite christmas movies of all time this is peter Soda, and joining me on today's podcast are
2: chris evangelista
3: hi Chen, bui
1: ben pearson and jacob hall That definitely didn't take us three times to get that right. Um, We uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Uh, So uh, on today's episode, we thought we would do a mailbag episode answering the question. What are your favorite Christmas movies of all time? Um, And uh, I guess I guess I'll start this out, uh, which, by the way, we should talk about some of the movies that aren't on this list. I I know people are going to get mad that I don't think anybody has picked Die Hard on this list. Um, and I know people are very vocal about Die Hard being a Christa- Christmas movie. Uh, is is there any reason why Die Hard is not on any of your lists?
4: It's a movie <laughs> set at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. I will die on this hill, Peter. I will die here. <laughs> wait, wait. I didn't. I didn't know that you were this vocally against it, Jacob. Uh, I think it started off as a joke. It started off being the fun thing of, "Hey, Die Hard's at Christmas. That's funny. Let's watch it at Christmas." And then people started taking it so damn seriously. And I'm like, no, stop. And it was a funny joke. It's not funny anymore. Stop. That's Jacob, my opinion on it.
1: Jacob, there is a diehard Christmas book out now. That for,
4: for, no, yeah, there is. <laughs> no, I refuse to acknowledge this.
0: <laughs> it's really bad. I picked it up last time I was at a bookstore and it's like basically in the sort of sing songy and it's a night before Christmas kind of rhyme scheme. And it's like it's cringe inducing. <laughs>
1: I, I like the art though in it. Uh, I do not own it, but I, I have two. Picked it up, um, and uh, but Chris Ben HT. Any reason why you did not have Die Hard on your list, other than so, other than the reasons Jacob has outlined?
3: So I have actually never seen Die Hard, and I know Peter wanted me to mention this so we could all publicly shame me. Yeah, yes, got a publicly I shame have not seen Die Hard. <laughs> that is why it's not on my list.
1: Yes, we need to get you to see Die Hard. Although, like, I I wonder, do you think at this point, uh, do you think at this point if HTC's Die Hard and she's seen kind of all the action movies that kind of Die Hard has influenced, that it will even stand out as, like, remarkable in any way?
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah, it definitely will, because Die Hard is like literally one of the best action movies ever made. So there's nothing that, you know, no amount of uh, of imitators, um, even ones that come close to the quality of the original Die Hard can take away from uh, just how solid that movie really is.
4: The Character work is so amazing. If the action is redundant to HD at this point, like John McClane and his original art art incarnation is such a fascinating, relatable guy. I think I think she'll enjoy that at the very least. Yeah, um, I
3: think I'll enjoy it. I just never got around to watching it. Although I do kind of want to see it, based on how many jokes are include, are reference to uh, Die Hard in Brooklyn Nine Nine.
1: Um, I will say the reason why I did not include Die Hard on my list is because uh, I I did include a movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is I think kind of it's kind of replaced Die Hard in that category of being kind of like a uh i don't know an action movie set during christmas um you know it was as robert downey jr before america kind of fell in love with him in the role of iron man there uh shane black is again you know i mean i i know america has kind of uh caught on to him now uh you know he, he's kind of become a, a a bigger name in the the not just as a writer but as a director uh, you know, he has predator coming out soon. Um, but he, this, this movie is just so good. I, I, I just enjoy it in so many ways. It, it's, it's an awesome LA movie. Yeah, it, it is, uh, an awesome Christmas movie. It is, you know, kind of a, you know, in classic Sheen Black style, it's a film noir set kind of, uh, during the holidays. And, um, it's it's just it's just perfect for it's the perfect kind of Christmas movie for me uh not because uh and I'm wondering if Jacob would consider this a Christmas
4: movie because it's kind of like
1: a movie set on during Christmas it's not really a Christmas movie per se
4: I think the Christmas matters more in kiss kiss bang bang Shane Black is more interested in Christmas as an aesthetic choice whereas it's literally just an excuse for characters to be together and die hard so I, I I'd, I'd say Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has more of an argument here, and I um I will allow it, Peter. I will allow it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Chris, what is the
1: first film on your list?
2: Well, I will say that the second film on my list is also Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, so I don't have to go over that one. But no, no, no talk about <laughs> that, to tell us why that is on your list. Pretty much all the reasons you said, and I just I love Shane Black's writing in general. He's a very good screenwriter, and. Pretty much every single film he's written is set at Christmas, give or take, and he just he just loves it as a, a theme, I guess. But the the first thing on my list is uh, Stanley Kubrick's final film, Eyes Wide Shut, which I guess is a little uh, polarizing. Some people don't really like it. I I love it. Um, and it's very, <laughs> even though it's not about Christmas, it's very Christmassy. Uh, there's a like a Christmas tree in almost every shot. And it just has this really eerie, chilly Christmas vibe to it that I really like, which also adds to the overall strange atmosphere of the film itself because it's this sort of psychosexual drama set over the period of like one night, but like Christmas is always sort of in the background there, which just adds to the atmosphere. And I don't know, I, I just love that movie, and I, I rewatch it every year around this time.
1: I, I like that movie. It it. You know, I think it's supposed to be set in New York City during Christmas, and it's obviously shot, you know, overseas in London for the most part. It's, it's at least from what I remember. Um, so it kind of feels weird. It doesn't feel like an American Christmas movie, even though it's set in America. Um, do, do you get that feeling?
2: Yeah. yeah, I do. it. Yeah. He shot a lot on backlots because uh, near the end of his life, Kubrick did not like to travel. So he shot everything in London or, you know, England, where he lived. So, yeah, but I agree that sort of adds to the weird atmosphere of the film, because even though it's supposed to be set in New York, almost nothing really looks real. Like, it looks like they're on studio backlots, which kind of makes it otherworldly and dreamlike. HD,
1: what is the first film on your list?
3: Uh, So before I go into my first film, I'm going to add another postscript to The Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Love because that was also one of the films on my list. I'm a huge fan of Shane Black's sort of series of action films set in Christmas, which includes Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys and Iron Man 3. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was kind of the first of those. And it's a great seedy noir that interplays like the more familial Christmas elements with this uh, more Lurid uh, underbelly of L. A. So and the buddy cop buddy comedy between um, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer is always great. So that's my little addition about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. My first movie is I think the first kind of real Christmas movie we have here, which is Elf, starring Will Ferrell, and it's a great film that I kind of kind of grew up watching it was it's one of my favorite Christmas films that I watch every year and it's just so full of fun and joy and it's a very cheesy typical Christmas story about finding the importance in love and family during the holidays and wanting to spend time with them and it also has the great comedy of Will Ferrell acting like a big child so you can't really lose with that.
0: Uh, my first one is Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is a nineteen eighty three animated I guess it's technically an animated featurette, but it's basically a short film. It's like twenty five minutes long. Um I'm I'm curious, has anybody else even seen this movie or is this something that I just grew up watching?
3: I've, I've seen it. I, actually, I don't think I have. I, I, I think it
0: used to play all the time
1: on the Disney Channel and I remember watching it as a kid, but I don't think I've seen it in, you know, probably two decades.
0: Yeah, I, it's one of those that every year I just love rewatching it. It's my it's the first um, it was my introduction to the story of A Christmas Carol, the Dickens story. And I still have never read the actual book, but obviously there have been a ton of, you know, different adaptations of it. But um, for me, there's always something special about the first time that you're introduced to a, you know, a classic like that. Uh, and this Mickey's Christmas Carol is just it's so good. It's it's um Uh, Mickey is basically the stand-in for Bob Cratchit. Um, Scrooge McDuck plays Ebenezer Scrooge, which is just perfect. I mean, it's, like, baked right into that character. Um, Goofy is Marley's ghost. Uh, Jiminy Cricket is one of the ghosts of, you know, Christmas past, present, and future. So there are all sorts of... uh, classic Disney characters sort of uh, interweaved uh, all throughout. Um, if you guys have never seen this, I would definitely recommend checking out. I think it's all on YouTube, probably. Um, I, I think it was a couple years ago, but it plays sometimes on like um, ABC Family. They do like 25 Days of Christmas or, or one of those sort of uh, marathon special kind of things. So I always record it every year and, and just rewatch it because it's quick. You know, it's 25 minutes. You're sort of in and out and you get that that nice uh holiday warmth and and uh just a retelling of a classic story with familiar characters and um yeah it's great i love it now there
1: there there was a film that i wanted desperately to include on my list but i didn't love it that much but it was such a a good you know pick that people have not seen i'm so glad that you have included it on your list jacob and that pick is rare exports
4: Rare Exports, I think it may be the, the most obscure movie uh, out of any of our lists, and it shouldn't be because it's great. It's a 2010 Finnish movie. Uh, and it's So if you've done subtitles, and you, know, you think horror is the thing at Christmas, it's only 82 minutes long. It's an 82-minute long Finnish Christmas horror movie, and it's great. Uh, I don't want to say too much about the plot, but it's, it takes place in a small Finnish village where in the nearby mountain, a large corporation has uh, begun... Has begun excavating something and we soon discover they are searching for Santa Claus, the mythical Santa Claus who used to punish children thousands of years ago. And let's just say they find him and things go very wrong for the town, very wrong for everybody excavating the mountain. And it's up to a plucky young boy to uh, save Christmas and everybody's lives. It's really fun and funny. It has a, a Gremlins vibe with a Joe Dante vibe. It, Other than some, um, other than some male nudity, I um, mean, there's a lot of male <laughs> nudity in this film. It's actually, you, you actually show it to, like, younger kids You want, like, a dark Christmas adventure. And as long as you're okay with uh, men's penises, and there are a lot of them, parents, so be careful. And you know, you don't mind subtitles. It's no, like, more extreme than Gremlins or any of those sort of 80s movies we treasure. It just happens to be in Finnish. And it's, a, as far as Christmas horror goes, and I have another Christmas horror on my list I'll we'll get to in a second. I think it's top-notch. I mean, it it really is a great Christmas movie. It's about family togetherness, about fighting Santa Claus, and its antiquated ways of punishing children. It's so good. I really do love it. Has anybody else other than me and Peter seen this? I have not. I wanted to. I
0: I remember the trailer when it came out, and I I meant to add it to a queue and just never got around to it, so I'm adding it right now. I've seen it, and uh, if you're interested in seeing it, it's now streaming on Amazon
2: Prime Video. All right.
3: Oh, good to know. I have not seen it, so...
1: It, it, it's worth checking out I, I it's one of those films that i recommend to a lot of people but it's not a film i love um but it's definitely a film that i think everybody must see if that makes sense and it's, it's why it's not on my list um but in the same vein there is a film i saw uh, uh many years ago it's a short film called Venge, and it's by jason eisner Uh, who directed Hobo with the Shotgun. And this was a short film that played, I think, at Sundance and other festivals. And basically, and I think you can find it online on YouTube. I know we we posted it when it was first, uh, became available for free online. And Treevenge is basically uh, about a Christmas tree. And it basically is a horror story told from the perspective of a Christmas tree, um, and that's that's all I will say. It's it's very enjoyable, and uh, I, I I'm actually uh, disappointed that we haven't seen more from Jason Eisner uh, following this short. Uh, he did have that Hobo's Chuck on, and he produced uh, Turbo Kid. And I know he did second unit directing on um, one of the Netflix shows or Netflix movies, uh, Death Note. Death Note yes Um, Yes so that is my second pick Uh, What is next up for you Chris
2: Uh, Next up I have Batman Returns Which for a long time was actually my Favorite Batman movie until I guess The Nolan films came out but that's another movie where it's not really about Christmas, but it's set during Christmas, and it has a very Christmassy vibe to it. You know, it's always snowing. Wait and... wait, 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 a second. got to go to Jacob. Jacob,
4: <laughs> is it a Christmas movie? Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. And I'm interested Aha. to hear what Chris says, because one of our freelancers, Vanessa Bogart, just submitted an article arguing why Batman Returns is the definitive Christmas movie of 2017. So... In addition to Chris, we'll be hearing more about this on the site very soon.
2: Okay, <laughs> Chris, go ahead. <laughs> it's true. Um, I won't get too political, but the whole the whole Penguin Mayor campaign thing yearly reflects uh, the year in politics. But it's also just I don't know. It's it's very gothic and twisted. This is basically the film that sort of got Tim Burton kicked off the Batman franchise because even though it was a hit. A lot of people complain because it's very dark. It's even even darker than the first Batman that he directed. And it almost has no <laughs> reverence for the source material at all. Like nothing in this film really reflects the Batman comics. But I don't know. I just I love this movie. I actually rewatched it recently to see if I would still like it. And it still holds up for me. And Tim Burton knows how to do Christmas
1: right. Uh, obviously, he also did another film called A Nightmare Before Christmas, which does not make any of our lists. Um, it's not on my list because I consider it more of a Halloween movie. Uh, but, but what about you guys? Like, why is it not on your list?
3: I also see it as more of a Halloween movie. The soundtrack itself is very Halloween-y, uh, more so than any Christmas movies I've seen. So it's, just, it's more gothic and in, t- in tone with that ho- holiday.
2: Uh, even though it's not on my list, this is my hill to die on, and this film is a Christmas movie, no matter what anyone <laughs> says. It's literally, it literally begins after Halloween ends. It can't count as a Halloween movie, <laughs> damn it. It just makes me angry when people say that. The whole movie is set after Halloween. All right, continue.
1: <laughs> Jacob, is it a Halloween yes. or is it a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> this
4: is a tricky one because the director says it's a Halloween movie. Uh, I think it, it it flips both ways. It, it, it serves either holiday, and you should be allowed to pick. Ben, why is this not on your
0: list? I just don't like this movie. <laughs> uh, wow. Ben! I, I mean, I saw it when I was a kid like once or twice, and I'm just like not a fan of it. I don't like the music. I don't like the aesthetic. I don't like anything. I don't like the characters. I don't like anything about it. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what
3: to tell you.
1: Wow. wow. We, we, we just saw a little bit of The Grinch. Um, <laughs>
3: i know not for me in the holiday mood
1: ht's gasp and uh that revelation <laughs> was just classic ht what is, what is the next movie on your list
3: all right so my next movie on my list is harry potter and the philosopher's stone which is not for all intents and purposes a christmas movie solely but it's a movie that i associate with Christmas. Partly because ABC Family slash Freeform constantly airs their Harry Potter marathons during Christmas time and the rest of the year. Uh, But Harry Potter to me feels like this warm, nostalgic childhood presence that I always associate with Christmas. And it helps that a lot of the scenes during the movie take place during the winter. And Christmas plays a huge role in the story of the first film, uh, which is that, you know, Harry Potter is a very lonely sort of abused child. And he finds his first family during Christmas when Ron kind of accepts him into his family and gets gets his mom to send him a sweater. And that's his first real Christmas he has. So it's a, it's a sweet moment, it's a really defining moment to me for the Philosopher's Stone. Sorry, the Sorcerer's Stone. Well it's
1: it's both. UK yeah. it's Philosopher's Stone, US it's uh, Sorcerer's Stone. It's it's weird that they renamed the books and the the movies in different places. Uh Ben, what is next on your list?
0: Uh next up for me is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This is the 1989 comedy that stars Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, it is maybe the movie that I've seen the most times in my life, which is really a weird thing that I'm realizing right now. And, and uh, something that's a little bit embarrassing, because I don't love this movie enough for it to sort of have that hallowed uh, place of esteem in my (laughs) movie watching history. But it's just one of those that I've seen almost every year since it came out. Um, It's one that my family uh, has bonded over every holiday season when we're all together. It's just the movie that we all agree that, um, you know, that that we have on in the background and we laugh at it every year, different things. And it's it's one of those that I've seen, again, probably, yeah, like, t- you know, 20 plus times or something. And I'm not the type of movie watcher that um, that rewatches things that I love over and over again, like Back to the Future and Raiders are probably like my two favorite movies ever. And I've, I've probably only seen each of them. You know, I don't know, 15 times each or something like that. So just to give you people a baseline of like how I watch movies, I don't I don't really like revisiting things, you know, every year. I know people do that, like throw stuff in in, uh, you know, just in the middle of the summer, like, oh, this movie, uh, I'm just going to watch this again because I love it. But the the holiday, you know, Christmas is really the only time of year where I rewatch stuff that I've seen over and over and over again on purpose um and christmas vacation really just takes that top spot for me just because i've seen it so many times and it is still pretty funny i mean for me because i've seen it so much uh some of the humor has i'm like watching it more for like the construction of the jokes than the jokes themselves at this point because once you uh you know it's like going to a comedy show and seeing the same thing so many times you start to appreciate different aspects of it but um but yeah christmas vacation anybody else like this one
1: Yes, that movie is also on my list. It's one of those movies that I I try to watch every year. Uh, I would say it's probably not, you know, the best comedy. It's probably not even the best comedy in the National Lampoon's uh, Vacation series. But, uh, you know, it perfectly captures that kind of like family at home at Christmas vibe. And, you know, it's written by John Hughes, who just knew how to get that right you know sometimes it's silly sometimes it's big-hearted uh you know sometimes it has cartoon-like violence um but it's uh it's pretty great and i I love randy Randy quaid in the movie as cousin eddie uh which by the way i'm I'm sure all i'm sure all of you including everybody listening out there uh does not know but they actually made a christmas vacation too called Christmas Vac- Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. It was a TV movie. It was released on DVD. I tried to watch it. I made it, I think, 10 minutes into it. I would not recommend that
4: on anybody. <laughs> hey, Peter, um, can, I, can I confess something to you real quick while we're on this subject? Oh, no. Don't. I've seen, don't, don't. seen Christmas Vacation 2, and I've never seen Christmas Vacation. Jacob.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, Jacob. Oh, God. Jacob. <laughs> oh no. Why? (laughs) Because uh, I never grew up with Christmas Vacation. Uh, It was never a movie that was in my family's rotation. But But why would you watch the sequel? I was very drunk and I was alone. I had nothing better to do at Christmas. I was very (laughs) sad. That's the saddest story I've ever heard.
1: (laughs) By the way, Christmas Vacation 2 gets a 2.7 out of 10 on IMDb from from users. Uh, That doesn't quite make it into one of the worst movies of all time on their list but that's pretty close. It's did You you actually made it all the way through that movie?
4: Yes. I I, I polished off most of the bottle of whiskey. (laughs) Well,
1: uh, (laughs) I can't believe it, because I I love Christmas Vacation so much, and I I could only make it in like 10, 15 minutes. But uh, yeah, anyways, uh, Jacob, what is your next pick
4: on your list? This is an obvious choice, but I, I would... I would go as far as to say it's my favorite movie out of all the movies listed on our entire list, uh, combining everybody's, and that's um, Frank Copper's It's a Wonderful Life. I know the classic depiction of this movie is that it's a cheeseball sentimental piece of claptrap, which is so inaccurate when you actually watch it, because this is a movie that earns its hopefulness. I mean, it it came in 1946, um, right after Frank Copper left the military. It was his first movie uh, following his years uh, during World War II. And it's, it's, it has that same Capra sentimentality, the Capricorn, as it's called, and ultimately ends on an uplifting hopeful note. But it's very much a work of a man who who saw a lot of really bad things happen to the world and is trying to grapple with them. For those of you who don't know the movie, it's about uh, George Bailey, um, played by the great James Stewart, who has given up every opportunity in his life to save his town, to save his family, to protect those he loves. And then when all seems lost uh, and he co- contemplates suicide and Angel comes to him and things take like, a very fantastical turn. It's very much a fantasy movie. And before it finds light down the tunnel, it is an extremely dark, powerful movie that's very sweet and very funny at times. But also it's about how crushing life is before it reaches out and pulls you into the light and says, hey, things will look up if if you surround by people who love you. And that seems really cheesy, and it should be really cheesy, but this movie's a gut punch. It's It just flies fast, even though it's a long movie. And I feel like if you watch this and don't relate to it, then um, I I don't know who you are. You're not a human. <laughs> Does anybody else like, watch this every year and forget how dark it is before like being revitalized by it? Because I always do. I yeah. love That's
3: that great. movie. Yeah. Uh, no, I agreed with you completely, Jacob. It's because it's that really harrowing kind of image of him on the bridge and about to, I guess, uh, spoiler for the film, like uh, not commit suicide, but contemplate suicide. That's a part that's just like, it's very unsettling. And then the rest of the movie uplifts you. But it's, it's a film that's one of the best Christmas movies, I think, too.
1: And it's a movie that used to play like nonstop on TV during Christmas times, because I think no one owned the rights to it or something like that. There was like some kind of rights issue, Um, but you don't see it as much today. Uh, The next movie on my list is the Steven Spielberg produced film Gremlins, uh, directed by Joe Dante. Uh, You know, seeing this movie as a kid, it was just magical because, you know, you, you always like dream of like, you know for Christmas you getting like a dog or you know some kind of animal and imagine being given you know this alien creature that uh you know (laughs) takes you on this wild crazy horror comedy adventure um you know Gizmo is uh you know I've just fallen in love with Gizmo uh you know a, a creation of Rick Baker and, uh, he, you know, I, I, I own a proper replica. He's in my living room. I also own a proper replica of Spike. And um, uh, Kitra and I's dog is actually named Gizmo. Uh, so, you know, th- this movie holds uh, a a big place in my heart. It, You know, I, I love seeing that, you know, basically Hill Valley because they basically took the same set of Hill Valley and the Universal Backlot. And I love seeing, you know, that during christmas time kind of get destroyed by the gremlins i i know it doesn't make any sense that you know don't feed them after midnight don't expose them to light after you know like it do- doesn't make any sense at all because you know when do the times start and begin it it, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter it's just fun and uh you know it's written by C- christopher columbus before he uh you know lost his way <laughs> but yeah so
2: gremlins um chris what is next on your list So all my picks so far have been sort of dark and violent. So here's one that's not, and that is The Muppet Christmas Carol, which uh, I don't know if it's the best version of A Christmas Carol, but I actually think Michael Caine's performance as Scrooge is the best on-screen Scrooge in the entire history of adapting that story into a film. And it's great. It's a charming movie. It has great songs. Uh, My wife and I actually just rewatched it over the weekend. It's a... Lovable film. It's a Christmas Carol with Muppets. That's it. That's there's not much more to it, it, it It's amazing
1: how many different versions of a Christmas Carol are on this list, um, you know, it's kind of a story that uh, Has stood the test of time and can be retold in many
0: different ways um, but Let's I've seen that video of uh, that somebody compiled I think it was a year ago or maybe two years ago now where somebody uh, told the story of a Christmas Carol Through all the different movie versions like you cut from one Character one iteration to the next for every plot beat like every line of dialogue Almost is spoken by like a different version of the same characters. It's really fascinating I'll see if I can find it and and send it to you guys. Maybe you can put in the show notes Peter
1: I I have not seen that but yes, please. We'll we'll put it in the show notes Um, HT what is the next movie on your list?
3: So this is a movie. I know Ben will hate but um, I'm allowed my trashy Christmas movies, and this one is Love Actually, which is by no means a good movie, but it's a movie that I enjoy at Christmas time. And it's just a series of vignettes in sort of the time, the romance, and subplots of all of these different characters who eventually all meet towards the end. And yes, it did spawn a pretty bad. Uh, A lot of a lot of bad imitators uh, that take place during every holiday now, but I really like the original and I think that it's it's underrated, even though it's quite overrated. If that makes sense, it's just it's a film that actually still holds as a good as a good movie. I'm kind of like contradicting myself because I say it's a bad movie, but it still holds as an entertaining movie, um, despite all the hype and uh, backlash that it's faced
4: H.T., it's a really good movie, and Ben is wrong. Be, be, be proud of yourself. Be proud of <laughs> Boo your picks. It's fun. Boo-hiss <laughs> to both of you. Bah humbug, I
3: say. Love actually is great, even though it starts with an inexplicable dialogue about 9-11, and it takes place two years after 9-11. It's a fun movie, and Hugh Grant has fun in it, as is everyone else.
4: <sighs> it's really good. It has that anthology film feel where, instead, even though they're all intercut together instead of individual, like, I don't enjoy the subplot. But in two minutes I'll be with somebody else I do enjoy. And I kind of enjoy bouncing around. Even if you don't like parts of it, other parts there are more charming than others. And it's a really sweet movie and my wife loves it, so I watch it every year. And then I think it's harmless and nice and goes down really easily. I'm a big fan.
3: Thanks, Jacob.
4: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> ben what's the crazy. next movie on your list? You guys can have love, actually. That's all i got to <laughs> say about that. Uh, A Charlie Brown Christmas is the next one on my list. The 1965 animated TV special based on the Peanuts comic strip. Um, this is another one sort of similar to Mickey's Christmas Carol in that it is, it's pretty short. It's only 25 minutes. And uh, the score of this one by the Vince Garaldi trio, the jazz score, is basically the soundtrack to Chris, the, the entire Christmas season in my personal life. Like, that's the music that uh, as soon as, you know, November rolls around and, and uh, Thanksgiving, you know, all my, my dishes are cleared on Thanksgiving dinner, um, I start busting out that score at, to really sort of get into the Christmas vibe. Um, that music is, is, it's jazzy and it's really fantastic. Um, the Charlie Brown story, I think it's like the best of all of the Charlie Brown movies. Um, it's eminently rewatchable and just, uh, you know, quotable and it has, um, you know, for, for the people who celebrate Christmas, uh, because of the birth of Christ, it actually has like a, uh, a shout out to that, which it seems like a lot of, um, Christmas themed things sort of go out of their way to avoid any sort of uh, overtly religious um, stuff in there. But this movie like pauses for a couple minutes to like recite Bible verses, which you just don't really see these days anymore. Um, But back in the 60s, I guess uh, people were were less apt to freak out about stuff like that um and yeah the character work is great and it really is the music for me that sort of drives this whole thing and and uh, i guess is the reason for this entire pick for uh for me
1: yeah the, the movie is good but the music is great like uh, it, what you said is perfect you know that it is you know the soundtrack of christmas in your life It, it definitely uh anytime i hear any of those tracks it, you know that's what it recalls to me um, yeah. jacob what is next on your list
4: well i'm gonna very briefly go over my next one because chris already touched on it and i'll jump by one after that and that's muppet christmas carol and I'll, I'll say a few quick things to back up uh what chris said first of all a few years ago back when cinematical was a thing i wrote there i did an article where i watched every single adaptation of a christmas story that has been made up to that point and i ranked them all because the internet. And Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the best adaptations, and Michael Caine is one of the absolute best Scrooges. And because they have uh, Gonzo, the Muppet, positioned as narrator, they're allowed to not only adapt the story, but to um, adapt the context of Dickens and his writing style and the politics of it in a really wry, funny way. They're able to sort of um, explain away certain things or, or further explain things about that story that can't be told in a straightforward adaptation. I think it's really, really smart how they do that. Uh, However, I have a hard time watching it now, even though I watch it every year, because the most recent Blu-ray release cuts out a key song that's not the most exciting song in the world, but it's very pivotal to Scrooge's character development, and drives me crazy. It's the one where Scrooge's um, love of his life leaves him, um, sings The Love Is Gone, and it's very very sad and not not, not fun like most of the other songs, but I miss it. I miss it big time. Um, But anyway... Uh, from a really good movie, I'm now gonna recommend a really bad one. Probably the best bad Christmas movie of all time, and that's Jingle All the Way, <laughs> the 1996 Brian Levant film, which is a disaster. I just watched it two days ago, and it's the worst thing. And I love it. And for those of you who aren't aware of this, go watch it. It's streaming on Amazon right now, and it is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, from his era where he played ordinary American men, um, like named Howard Langston. <laughs> And it's one of those movies where nobody ever notices that that, this, that Howard Langston is an Austrian bodybuilder. He just is. <laughs> but the basic gist, you you're probably familiar with it, is he's a busy father who misses his son's karate lesson, and his son, and he's that kind of dad, you know, the, the, the shorthand Hollywood dad. He always bad because he misses a performance that his kid does. Anyway, he tries to make up to for his son by buying him the Turbo Man doll, this toy that's been is all the rage this Christmas season. But naturally, nobody has it. It's sold out. What's are you going to do? And it is this tacky, garish, loud, obnoxious mess. And it, it stumbles over its own themes and ideas. It's utterly wrongheaded. It celebrates Christmas commercialism. It is a nightmare, and everybody needs to watch it, damn it. It is so bad. Uh, it is an example of the kind of wrongheaded nonsense Hollywood pumps out on a yearly basis, distilled into this crystal clear blue meth Breaking Bad style thing of evil beauty. Like, as somebody who writes about movies for a living, I can only look at this thing in pure astonishment and wonder, how did this get made? Why do they think this is okay? How did this happen? If you like like to dissect things and wonder, how did this go wrong? Jingle All The Way is the best Christmas movie of all time. That's it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At one point, isn't, um, not Andre the Giant, but a Giant from WWE uh, plays, like, one, one of the one of the Santas in that movie. Oh no, it's just bonkers. That movie is bonkers. (laughs) And I remember at one point FX was airing 24 hours of Jingle all the way every Christmas, which is crazy that any network would do that. Uh, But uh, I'll use that as a segue to my next pick. And that is a Christmas story, which uh, what TNT or TBS, one of those two airs 24 hours of every Christmas. I, I, you know, fell in love with this movie way back when before, you know, being very hipsterish. But before, you know, it was like kind of this thing that was kind of pushed on you every Christmas in, in that 24 hour marathon. And um, I I don't know what the first movie I saw in the theater is, but that's the first movie or that's uh, looking at release dates. I know I saw that movie in the theater and I think I was like three or four or something. <laughs> when it came out uh that that is definitely the oldest movie that I, I remember seeing as a young as a young kid if that makes sense uh but i am but back then you know movies would show again a few years later so who knows if that is the first movie i saw in the theater um a christmas story i think perfectly captures even though you know i didn't grow up in the 50s or whenever that uh is set um it, i think it perfectly captures uh kind of that uh that family home christmas uh time and uh while you know you know i think everybody got kind of like uh the package from their aunt that had the the clothes that they never wanted and you know had that moment with their their father cussing on the side of the road because something went wrong i mean like there's so many relatable moments and i think gene shepherd's stories which are uh kind of what this has been adapted from are just so universal and so funny, um, even though it's kind of been done to death at this point. Uh and this is another movie, by the way, that you probably don't know it, but uh they have made a series of sequels uh that don't have any of the characters in or don't have any of the actors from the original movies in. Uh there is uh Christmas story two, which I have never seen, and there is My Summer Story which uh, further adapts uh, the stories of Gene Shepard into a, a direct-to-DVD movie. I've heard both are horrible. I'm sure Jacob has probably seen them, but not seen A Christmas Story. <laughs> um, is that true?
4: No, I've seen A Christmas Story dozens of times. I have not seen sequels. Don't worry, Peter. Yes. I'm normal enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, next on, on the list is Chris. What is your next
2: pick? Uh, so this is another really film that doesn't really count as a Christmas movie, but I'm going to list it anyway. And that is uh, Todd Haynes' film *Carol*, starring Cate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Uh, it's set during Christmas. Um, it's you know I feel like everyone knows what this movie is by this this point, but it's about you know Rooney Mara is this lonely shop girl in the 50s, and she falls in love with Cate Blanchett's character, and they sort of go on a road trip together. And uh, one of my best movie-going experiences was last year at the Metrograph Theater in New York, which is a uh, one of those indie theaters that shows old films on, you know, like 35 millimeter. Uh, they screened that right around Christmas time, and at the time, my wife and I were in New York for a weekend, so we went to the theater and saw it. And the uh, the cinematographer of the film, Ed Lockman, was there, and he, he introduced it, and it was just this really nice night out just going to the movies right around christmas time and we came out and it was just cold it was just it was a good experience and i just love the movie in general ht what do you have left on your list
3: so my last film is not really a film, but it's one of the many Christmas specials that air during the holidays. It's sh- it's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So this is the uh, 1966 animated TV special by Chuck Jones, not the one starring Jim Carrey, which is a fine film, but I always tend to prefer the animated version just because it sticks much closer to the Dr. Seuss book, and it's a lot more... It's less um sort of winking and glib as live action movies starring Jim Carrey uh, are wont to be. So I I love this T V special, this film, and I will watch it every year and um, several times over. So it's it's a wonderful film. The wonderful film that I recently learned is narrated by Boris Karloff. So that's a really cool fun fact. Um, and I recommend watching it every year.
1: And Ben, this is also the last film on your list.
0: Yes, and I uh, echo everything H.T. just said, and especially preferring the animated version. I, I just rewatched watched uh, Ron Howard's live-action version. Um, I guess it was probably last week, like just a few days ago. And uh, I read that um, Roger Ebert, in his review of that movie, said that uh, Jim Carrey works as hard as an actor has ever worked in a movie in, in his performance as The Grinch. And I think that's accurate. I think Jim Carrey does a really good job portraying that character in that movie, but the the movie around him is not that great. Um, the production design is, is pretty amazing, and they actually have a lot of the sets still constructed on the back lot. You can see it on the back lot tour at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Um, so I was sure that this movie won, like, you know, best uh, production do- design at the Oscars, but actually Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon beat it that year. So I was, I was doing all sorts of research over the past couple days about this movie. But yeah, back to the the animated one, the... the um, the songs in that film are so great too. I remember somebody, I think it was a Twitter user. This was probably years ago. was like the song, you're a mean one. Mr. Grinch was like, is full of devastating owns or something. There's some sort of uh, clever tweet about that. Um, And I just laugh every time I hear the insults and the, you know, all the the comedic aspects of that particular song, you know, comparing the Grinch to all these terrible things. Um, And I think the, uh, the animated movie does a good job of, you know, having that sort, of, that sort of anti-commercialism streak without beating you over the head with it like the live-action version does. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to that film.
1: And, Jacob, what is your last and final pick? Uh,
4: this could be a controversial one, I'm not sure, because I know some people really hate this movie, and it's also very recent, so it has not achieved any kind of status yet. But this is uh, Krampus, the, uh, Michael Doherty's um, 2015 a horror comedy movie about a family under siege in their home by the evil version of Santa Claus who has come to teach them a lesson um, during Christmas season. It's very much the anti-Jingle all the way. And that's about characters who are punished for being jerks during Christmas as opposed to being rewarded with parades. Um, But it is a really funny, dark, nasty movie with some of the best practical creature designs of the past decade or so. There's a monster in in this movie. Who are unbelievable in their design and construction. There are also some unfortunate CGI characters who don't work as well, but the practical stuff is amazing. And the kid actors are really good in it. Tony Collette is one of the mothers, is like one of those actresses who just kind of grounds the movie rounder, helps you sell how absurd it is. And even Adam Scott and David Keckner, actors who are usually known for their uh, comedic roles, uh, do a really good like deadpan job of um, selling terror as opposed to actually making laughs happen. The comedy really comes from how absurd and horrible things get as opposed to jokes. And this movie, uh, I've had arguments with there are people out there hate this movie, hate its ending, hate its style, uh, hate its messages. <laughs> but um, I, I, I am a big fan of it. And I've watched it every year since it came out, I guess two years now. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's or maybe three years at this point. Uh, it hits the Blu ray player uh, every December. And I'm a big fan. I think it's going to become one of those movies people watch every every uh, Christmas for feeble future, I mean, and maybe not Gremlins level of quality for some people, but it's it has that same nasty, mean, but also jolly vibe that I really enjoy this time of the year.
1: See, I, I think it's a fine movie. It's just uh, what Mike Doherty's Trick or Treat means to me in for the Halloween time. Like I, I had such high expectations for this and it didn't quite, uh, hit on those levels. I feel, um,
3: I actually really liked Krampus. I didn't have high expectations like you, Peter. I kind of caught it randomly while I was, um, airing on HBO and I was both baffled and intrigued by this premise. And I really like that it pulls from real mythology, which is the, um, the German mythology of there being sort of a, a goat horned, uh, counterpoint or counterpart to Santa Claus who uh abducts children. So it's it's interesting cuz it's tied into this really creepy mythology but then it takes it to another weird sort of campy level in a way. But it has like a very bleak ending like you said.
1: Okay, so that does it for our best or favorite um Christmas movies of all time. Uh, you can find all of our work on slashlum.com. Uh We want to wish everybody a happy holiday, be it Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Um, you know, and uh and I'm sure we missed uh some of the you know, your favorite Christmas movies. If, if if we missed one and and you were very angry, you can, you know, send an email to peter at slash dot com and uh tell us why uh, your movie should have, you know, been included on this uh, on one of our lists. Um that's Peter at slash dot com. And you can find uh this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, all the popular podcast apps. Uh you can uh please go to iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review and uh we'll see you next time.